touch judges are ready. Side of studio. Referee. Players are lined up. Microphones in hand for the restart. It's now time to form the Ruck. The Sunday Rugby Show. Featuring Wallaby legends Tim Horan and Matt Burke. Qantas Wallabies, one team, 2011, live across Australia. The Ruck. And coming up the blind side, Tony Grubber Kick Squires. Yes, hello and welcome to this, the final Ruck for the year on World Cup final day. Uh, there are questions to be answered this morning. Can the All Blacks end a year of national anguish with a win in the World Cup? Can they end 24 years of World Cup heartache with that win that the country expects? No, I think demands. Or will there be a twist in the tale? Will the French, playing almost purely out of hate for their coach, continue to torment the All Blacks in this tournament and have their fans light in their Galways? I think it's Galois. Galois throwing back some uh, vats of red wine on the Champs-Élysées. Only two people know the answer to these questions, and I'll whittle them out of them over the next hour. They are, of course, Mr Tim Horan and Matt Burke, sunning themselves in beautiful Auckland as we speak. How's your week been, boys? Very good, Tony. Morning, Thank Tony. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good to be here. It's um, quite exciting, actually, this morning, walking around the streets of Auckland. There's some very nervous all-black supporters, and the, the French are out having their little croissants and a little bit of red wine for breakfast. It's all happening. Everybody, everybody's, all the French blacks are trying to get everyone involved in the crowd, but there are, there are that many black jerseys mm. around the viaduct area and the rest of it. I mean, it's going to be an incredible atmosphere tonight. It's terrific, you know, what the Australia has become absolutely keen to find the answer is, is what's been happening to Matt Burke's voice uh, over the weeks you've been there, Berkey. Uh, you, you left us just a couple of weeks ago. Last week it was a bit scratchy. This morning I noticed that uh, you must have left another piece of it in a bar somewhere, did you? No, 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 not, not a bar. It, it's, it's all about, um, all we're uh-huh. doing is chatting have uh, you? over here. And, talk, talk, talk. And, talk, talk, talk. Yeah. And I, need to, I need to work some, prof- I don't know, I mean... My professional voice therapist uh, didn't come around too with me, so I'm, I'm really struggling at the moment to really project myself. So have either of you? Bear, because, bear uh, with me. No, I will. I will absolutely. Uh, I, I have either because I've been looking up on the internet, the fancy young people's internet, just trying to find some stuff. And I looked at the 50 things, top things to do in Auckland. Just wondering if you've done any of them. I mean, obviously, if you spent time on boats in Auckland Harbour, have you have you gone to? I think it's Pelkiri Beach, the horse rides. Have you done that? No, I, oh, I went to Ellerslie Races yesterday. Oh, so did you? Is that in the top 50? That would have to be in the top 50. You go and watch the jumps yesterday. Top, nice. top 50. <laughs> there was a, what about the Auckland Bridge Climb? Either of you done that? No, I haven't done the bridge climb. Right. Um, bungee? I refused to, go sa- refused to go sailing. Didn't go bungeeing either, no. Mm-hmm. I went fishing. Does that count? I went fishing outside of Auckland Harbour. I think that's about um, 74, Tim. Is it? Right, okay. It <laughs> doesn't, doesn't sneak in. <laughs> I thought Auckland Harbour fishing would get you there. <laughs> what, what's, what's, what's number one, Tony, by the way? It is the the beach horse ride. Can you? Oh, is that right? Yeah, no, no. looks is that beautiful. Like Bra- is that Dale Braithwaite playing in the background? As well? <laughs> exactly. Hey, boys, a, you're talking about the atmosphere. I guess over this side of the Tasman, there is a slight sense of anticlimax about tonight, given that the Wallabies aren't there. It must be totally different uh, where you are right now, Tim. You said there is some sense of, I know, trepidation, uh, given what the French have done. Is there still an absolute expectation that tonight these boys will get it done? Yeah, there is. Um, I mean, the All Blacks are the best side in the world and have been for so long, but they just need to prove it by actually holding up the Webellus Trophy um, tonight at about 10.30, which I think they will. Um, but the French will come out in the first... If, I mean, if the game went for 30 minutes, the French are a big chance. Um, but it's going to go for 80 minutes. But the French... And I think 
everyone talks about the unpredictability of the French side, whereas I don't think this side is that unpredictable. I think they're quite a, a passive side, but their unpredictability is in the top two inches. You just don't know if they're going to turn up or not. But uh, my concern is, and people in Australia may have seen this or heard this, that the mayor mm. of Auckland has already organised a ticker tape parade yes, for trouble. Monday afternoon. So, yeah. and, and you. It's a public holiday on Monday too. Yeah, here. and you yeah. ask people about that in Auckland. They say, no, 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 we don't talk about that, don't talk about it. So. <laughs> They're already tearing their phone books up ready for the ticker tape parade. Right, one thing is certain, Quade Cooper did hobble back to Australia with uh, serious injury and probably not thinking uh, he just had the greatest couple of months of his life. He was targeted and watching that coverage of the Australia-Wales bronze medal playoff, the reaction of the commentators when he was taken off with that serious knee injury, I guess, said it all. If you can have a look. I think all the players in this tournament... Respect what Quaid's had to go through with oh. the continuous taunts from it's the New Zealand public. It's been a disgraceful performance from the New Zealand public with Quaid. And he's toughed it out. Yeah, the hate campaign against one man over here has been shocking. Yeah, that and more issues we're going to discuss right here on The Ruck, your Sunday rugby show. The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. It, it is World Cup 2011 final this evening. The All Blacks will take on the French... Wales were disposed of by the Wallabies in the bronze medal player. Third is the new first, as we all know. Uh, so I guess the position we wanted to, we've got it. We're coming home with the bronze medals. That was a good win. Uh, and let's get into that game before we look at the final tonight. Uh, I played just before Lenny Kravitz the audio of the commentary boys when Quade Cooper, who was having a, a terrific start to that game, doing all the things that he struggled to do in the games beforehand when the, I guess the pressure was really on. We'll get to that in a moment. But his, what the commentators were saying was that he cops such flack from the New Zealand public. Even his mum has come out, uh, I think, in the Sunday Mail and saying that she'll be supporting the French tonight and was ashamed of what, and she is a Kiwi, uh, ashamed of what the New Zealand public uh, did to Quaid. What did you make of all, all of that? And, uh, and then, of course, that injury and what, how that affects Quaid Cooper. Well, it's sad that he got the injury because you could see him actually having a bit of fun, I think, out there, boys. Yeah. And, and, and when he went down, uh, straight away, there was, a, there was a bit of a laugh from the crowd, I think, as well. And I thought, no, have a bit of respect because, you know, a, a good player has hurt himself. Mm. He saw Wayne Barnes' referee pull it up straight away. He got clapped off, which I thought was great. But then from, from, the, from the crowd and the supporters around here, they've, they've copped so much. I think every Aussie guy is going for the – a lot of the Aussie public are, are, that are here in Auckland are going for France because of the way that they've treated the Aussie fans – uh, in and around Auckland, I know a, a couple of guys I spoke to the other day were getting uh, hammered by just a couple of a couple of girls down in in like yelling out four more years, four more oh, years, right. and the coppers had the coppers had to pull them up and say, "Hey, listen, calm down. Like it's 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 only a game." Yeah, I think he's. Um, I mean, to be fair, Quade Cooper um, probably you know maybe, maybe should have come out at the start of the tournament. So listen, guys, I'm here to play rugby, and um, thanks for your support. But he. He probably taunted them a little bit as well. He's a wonderful player, and and he will grow from this tournament as well, and he will get a lot out of it because the way that he did struggle throughout the tournament because he didn't get a lot of space to play his natural game in a mm. test test match. But it, it, I think it was probably at the start of the tournament all, all a bit of fun and just a bit of camaraderie amongst sort of different uh, you know Australian New Zealand supporters. But uh, it's probably a little bit similar to you know the way that the Australians used to have a go at Richard Hadley or yep. New Zealanders used to have a go at Greg Chappell when he came out and they let a duck loose on the. Field in Dunedin, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I think Quade Cooper will learn from it. He'll understand that um, 
the Test match football is a different different occasion, and he's a wonderful player. He'll have to come back from this knee injury now, uh, Tony, as well, which yeah. will be difficult. He'll probably be out for if he has um, scans and it confirms that he has ruptured his anterior cruciate ligament. That's six months. Yeah. Um, subject to any other damage, will be another month or two. So he might be out for six to eight months if that's the case. And for the Queensland Reds next year, it's uh, you know Ben Lucas or Mike Harris might have to come into fly half. But for Quade Cooper, it couldn't have ended any worse nah, for well, his tournament. Exactly, Timmy. And in terms of uh, not coming up to your hopes and dreams, this World Cup has been just that. Because of the expectations, I guess, on, on himself. And, and that's what Quade Cooper does. He believes, he has a confidence and believes that he's a great footy player as he is. When he uh, headed to New Zealand, he must have been dreaming of wonderful things. And to see him arrive back in Australia... Uh, on crutches, that yeah. sad look on his face, a defeated look, was re- really horrible, really, t- to be honest with you. Even though I've, I've been critical of him at times, it was very sad to see. He, he came back a broken man, didn't he? Uh, you're right, Tony. And, and a 3-4 playoff, albeit they did well and got the, uh, got the job done in the end, they wanted to be there today. They wanted to be there on Sunday and playing in the final, as did Wales as well. And, you know, as it turns out, I mean, you... He, he'll be remembered in the short term he'll be remembered for these six weeks I think and and how people jumped well all over Australia in, in not, a, not a great way but the way he played and the way he can play in, in the future yep. no doubt about it he's a, he's a quality player so I think we have to remember what skills he did do and not just for the fact that uh, you know people you know jumped on board and, and taunted him through this one here I, I thought it was quite poor in the end I, I did a, a, a radio thing with a bloke the other day and he was saying that has it gone too far and I think yes it had I mean it was a as Timmy said before, it was a bit jovial to start with, and a bit of yeah. a bit of a bit of niggle, so to speak, and then it just got too much at the end. I think. Right. Yeah, I think, but also, um, Tony. I mean, Quade Cooper, if he plays rugby for another four years mm. and plays the next Rugby World Cup in England, he he will potentially be the player of the tournament because he'll be so much more experienced. He'll probably have another forty or fifty Test matches under his belt. He'll be around that eighty Test match mark, and uh, he's a wonderful player. And he's got some he's got some great players around him. I mean, Will Genia didn't have a great World Cup either. He was um, you know, very quiet and so were the Fords. So Quade Cooper needs space to play with and that didn't happen. I was going to say, I wonder whether or not this, uh, with all the attention that he's had over the last six weeks and, and the, and the, and the build-up through the Tri-Nations and we all know what happened sort of with Richie McCaw and the rest of it, I wonder if this little bit extended period of time might just dull things down a little bit. He's not going to play in super rugby, if that's the case, if, he, if the scans confirm he's, he's no good for a while. Um, and they may just forget about it for a while because I'm sure if the Reds play over in, Queen, uh, in, in New Zealand that he would cop it again yeah, and it would be right. this thing I don't know like Australian Sevens you know when you used to go over there Timmy and you walk out and you get booed for, for something that happened in Hong Kong a long long yeah. time ago in Hong Kong <laughs> Australia 21 beat Wales 18 Nathan Sharp's 100th test which of course gave it a little added spice it started off like it was going to be a Barbarians game Australia not the Wallabies not taking a penalty goal uh, then it did become a tough t- uh, footy test match didn't it yeah, it did. I mean, when Curtly Beale, you know, strained his hamstring again, that was a pretty poor selection, I thought, yeah. of Curtly Beale and the team because missing the game the week before against the All Blacks with a hamstring strain, and, you know, I just don't think they needed to risk him. Um, he's a wonderful player, and now he's going to be out for probably another four or five weeks now, I'd say. So, so he'll, um, he'll miss a tour to the UK as well. Potentially. So and then Nathan Sharp injured his knee. He did very well, Nathan Sharp. Like 100 test matches uh, and being the fifth Wallaby player to achieve that milestone. And 
to injure his medial ligament in about the first 10 minutes of the game yeah. after he was dropped in the line They lifted him up and, and decided not to not to you know <laughs> put him back down <laughs> and then for him to for him to actually stay on the field until just after half time was a great effort i mean he's a wonderful ambassador for the game of rugby he does so much work for charity he has um, off the field um, he's had some um, some some issues in his life off the field away from rugby that he's had to deal with over the last 2 years and um, personally and i think the way that he's come back from that he's such a wonderful player and he's playing next year for the Western Force as well. well I was yeah. going to say, what, what about that 100th? I mean, a great occasion. Uh, to to come off within a couple of minutes, he would have said to the, yeah. to the physio, the there's no way I'm, yeah. I'm not coming off. Yeah. I'm, I'm staying on. Like, give, give me a bit of Bruce Reed, strap me up. I'm, I'm going to stay on for as long as I can. So he did incredibly well. It was a good game against Wales in that first 15 or 20 minutes. But then when Quade Cooper was injured and went off, and uh, the game sort of slowed a bit and it went back to I me. Mean, James O'Connor. Uh, for mine, Berkey has really probably grown uh, in maturity on the field and off the field in this Rugby World Cup. He's someone who has probably reveled in the conditions and reveled in actually showing his teammates a bit more respect and actually playing for the team, not himself. Has he tucked his head in a bit? Yep. In, 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 in in layman's terms, I think he has. He's... Uh He's hasn't been as, as profiled as, as I thought he was going to be throughout this little, I suppose, last yeah. six weeks. So yeah, and that's right. He's done well. Yeah, Justin Bieber I thought was terrific. Uh, Beric Barnes as well. <laughs> but we'll get to uh, before the show is out. Just what it means now for the Wallabies. Where to? Is Beric Barnes part of that equation? Selections and so on. Uh, we're also trying to get in touch with you. Uh, we're sorry, with Sean Fitzpatrick, um, who of course skippered the All Blacks the last time they did hold that trophy aloft back in 1987. <laughs> The Sunday Rugby Show. Here we are, Rugby World Cup Final 2011. It's on tonight, New Zealand and France, 7 o'clock uh, our time. We, of course, will be the champions. And we'll be holding the William Webb Ellis Trophy aloft, uh, boys. A very exciting moment. I mentioned Sean Fitzpatrick, uh, Berkey. Yeah, well, it was actually David Kirk that actually held up the um, the cup uh, at that stage there in the 87 World Cup. Um, I think, I think from remember, it was Andy Hayden was the captain. Early on in the tournament. Early on, and, and unfortunately got injured, but... Mate, Tone, who's doing your research down there, mate? Yeah, well, there's, no, it's, what happened is there's a guy, Ned, people, if you're thinking of employing somebody, uh, he's a producer of the show. His name's Ned right. Green. G-R-E-E. Oh, Black Mark him. Ned Green. Uh, <laughs> look, he's young, he's inexperienced, uh, he's quite stupid. Is, is he green? He's, he's on work experience, isn't he? Well, he has been on work, that's how he started here, on work experience, <laughs> and he's never left. Sleeps <laughs> under a table. He stole a pass. <laughs> he did. He keeps coming back. <laughs> the good news is uh, he wasn't lying when he said that Sean Fitzpatrick would join you. He joins us right now, Sean. Good morning and welcome to The Rock. Hey, guys. You better do your research for better, Berkey. Mm. It was actually Andy <laughs> Dalton was the host. I thought it was. I, oh, yes. I, I wrote Andy Dalton. I was, I was looking at my, my research analysis was Tim <laughs> Horan, and Tim's going, yes, yeah, Andy Hayden. Of course Hayden. it was. Andy yeah. Hayden, it was him. No. Andy Dalton, that's <laughs> Dalton right. Dalton it was. Yeah, of course it was. <laughs> Fitzy, now, where are you as we speak, and what's your plan for this evening? And do these are all, this is three questions in one. And do you have, despite the expectation that you will thrash the French tonight, a little bit of uh, nerve endings jangling about what could happen? Yeah, I think so. It's been 24 long years. Um, but I'm, I'm actually sitting in, in a car outside a coffee shop where my wife is just getting me a coffee. Oh, good. And, mate, every car that I look at has got an all-black flag on it. Everyone is dressed in black. Yeah. This country has gone absolute bonkers for the World <laughs> Cup, uh, which is which is fantastic. And, obviously, the anticipation for tonight is huge. Um, and, yeah, I, you know, the way they played last week against Australia... Um, I thought it was uh, very, very good. They've built momentum throughout the tournament, and they beat a very good South, um, Australian team last week. Um, they the intensity last week. I, I was on the field. I'm working for ITV out of the UK, and I was down on the on pitch side. And the intensity and the all that warm up uh, was just 
amazing. I've, I haven't seen anything like it. So they're very focused. And although although the nation, um, because <laughs> I don't know what you guys felt, but the nation was on the edge of their seats last week. They yeah. saw mm. Australia as a real threat. And it was almost such a relief when that was over. Um, the whole country took a break on Monday, including the All Blacks. And uh, we started our build-up again on Tuesday. And, and just listening to what I'm hearing coming out of the camp, the All Black camp, um, they're on the job, uh, but they'll have to have to be, although the French haven't played very well, and I should know better than anyone because I've lost more times with the French than <laughs> any other team I've played. We weren't going to say the that. Only, the only <laughs> all-black captain that's ever lost a test series in New Zealand to France. <laughs> so, so occasionally they turn it on, and, and that's, I suppose, that's where the anticipation is, is coming from. Um, we should beat them by 15 to 20 points, um, but you just don't know. And Becky and, and, and Timmy, you've all played against uh, France, and probably not so much against Australia, but when they play the All Blacks, they just seem to gain another leg, another arm, and uh, they play in that free spirit, which is, is very much what the, the French do. And Fitzy, Tim here, what about that last weekend's game? You mentioned the, the game against the Wallabies. That It was yeah. such great intensity by the All Blacks. Do, do you think that was, that was the final of the Rugby World Cup? But the All Blacks have got to get up for this game as well because... Everyone's saying the same thing, that the All Blacks should win by 15 or 20 points. But as you and I know, it just depends on which French team wants to turn up in that first 15 minutes. Yeah, I think what the All Blacks did last week, and you know, Australia ran out of petrol this, you know, after a huge game against uh, South Africa the week before. Um, but what the All Blacks did so well, when, when Australia put them under pressure and, and bashed them at, at the right time, the All Blacks had the answer and then they bashed them back. Um, and they didn't let... Australia get any momentum at all. Every time Australia did something, they got bashed back. Um, and that's what they need to do to the French. They needed to snuff out any opportunity they have, uh, limit their errors, uh, because the French, if they just gain any sense that they could, you know, be in the game, they, they build momentum and they, they do it better than anyone. We saw it and, you know, I'm sure Richie will be speaking to the guys. The, the whole talk this week would have been about 07 quarterfinal. And you know, losing that game there and how the French weren't even in the game. You look at the 99 game at Twickenham. They weren't even in the game. They just sort of worked their way back into the game. And all of a sudden they started thinking, golly, we could win this game. And, and the All Blacks, and it won't happen to this team, I know, they started thinking we could lose this game. So yeah. they just need to be on the job. They need, you know, that tight five has been outstanding. Brad Thorne, I just don't, you know, he's, he's almost as old as you, Timmy. But, you know, he just keeps on, <laughs> he just keeps on turning out week after week. He's got such a huge motor on him. And he's the sort of guy tonight that just needs to build that yeah. platform with that tight five. Yeah. And then launch, you know, the loose forward trio who, who works so well together. Everyone talks about Richard McCaw. But for me, the glue is, is Reed at eight. But the, the player of the tournament for me and probably the player of the year this year is, is Jerome Kano. Just been outstanding. He has been outstanding. Uh, we're sitting in Auckland, uh, Fitzy. I'm drinking the For Everyone chocolate fresh-flavoured milk at the moment with a picture of Dan Carter on the front of it. Yeah. He's everywhere, <laughs> but on the yeah. field... What about Aaron Cruden? His game last week was fantastic. He's no doubt going to be a key just to put the All Blacks in the right spot this week. Yeah, very much so. You'll, you know how important that is. But I, I think, you know, last week, I'm, I'm sure he would have bought the Fords of a few beers last week because they did such a good <laughs> job from. And he's got real talent, this kid. He, you know, he played against you guys last year and, and didn't play well, was, was, was chucked aside and went away and worked really hard on his game and had a great ITM and then had that 60 minutes in the in the uh, the quarter final where he played very well and then played superbly last week. So yeah, I, I'm happy the combination he has with with Perry Whipu. They know each other well. 
uh, Perry's playing well for sort of 60 minutes, and then outside of my, you know, Nonu, Conrad Smith, uh, Kahui, Jane, and and probably for me the star, the star mm-hmm. find of the tournament, Israel Bag. Um, oh, yeah, it's a pretty talented bunch of kids. All right, well, Sean Fitzpatrick, it's wonderful for you to join us on The Ruck and letting us know, of course, that the French do grow an arm and a leg when playing New Zealand, so they will be facing up against a 15 three-armed, three-legged Frenchman tonight. will be fantastic. Thank you so much for being part of The Ruck. It's great to talk to you, mate. Cheers, guys. Get on you, Fitzy. Good luck. Yeah, good luck. All the best. Plenty to come. You're listening to The Ruck, your Sunday rugby show. The Sunday Rugby Show. For the Wallabies heading home, some of them here uh, already, others heading back from New Zealand with a bronze medal, not what they would have been expecting when they set off to New Zealand. The question is, where to now? One of the problems with uh, the World Cup is that it is so exciting, but it's, it is every four years, and that people tend to then go, oh, well, that's it, for we'll have to wait another four years. But it's not that, is it? This is an important time for Australian rugby, and there are so many decisions that have to be made. Be made. Robbie Deans is still in charge. Should that be the way? There's already been calls for Ewan McKenzie to come in. Was the selection process correct? Who of these fairly young Australian side will be there next time around? These are questions that can only be answered by Tim uh, and Matt, and they're here right now to do that. Boys, what is the answer? Well, Tony, maybe if I start well, I mean, the the coaching staff around Robbie Dean, that, that probably needs to be looked at, the assistant coaches. So David Nusifora has yep. been helping out, and also Jim Williams, and Jim Williams has been for three or four years. I mean, they've done a very good job in this Wallaby team, getting them to the stage that they're at now, but... It probably needs... I mean, Robbie Deans does a lot of the coaching personally himself, so maybe he does need a Ewan McKenzie to help out or another couple of coaches that are really specific in forward play or backline play to, to be able to take this side to another level yep. um, because that's what needs to happen. And yet, yes, the World Cup is another four years away, but there's 60 test matches between this World yeah. Cup and the next World Cup, so that, that's look at here and now as well. So you, sometimes you can look too far ahead. Timmy's counting those test matches down too, by the way. So <laughs> looking forward to it. Um, what about the? I mean, you talk about Ewan McKenzie. Uh, he couldn't go then to another assistant role. He'd want to do it by himself. Uh, surely, then egos are sort of. I think it'd be it'd have to be a, it'd, have, it'd have to be a consultant role for for Ewan McKenzie. He'd have to come in and out. I'd say because he's contracted for the Queensland Reds for another couple of seasons. He does. I'm pretty sure he does have a get out clause if he is offered the Australian job. But Robbie Deans is signed for two years. The Australian Rugby Union Board decided that and John O'Neill decided that before the Rugby World Cup which I think was an okay decision I wasn't sort of too comfortable with it because but most coaches were signed up before the Rugby World Cup is that in case he wins and then he, lock, yep. he locks down a, a double the size contract yep so when, when you look at the coaching contracts yeah, Robbie Dean's there for the next two years and I think I think that's a good decision I what, think, about, what about someone like Rod Kafer for example is he going to start uh, he's probably the most uh, for a backline play mm. um, I mean he was one of the main reasons that we put the plays together in 1999 World Cup, but he's a, a wonderful tactician of the game, uh, works for Fox Sports. So I don't think he would go and do that at this stage. We, they need to do need to find some assistant coaches to support Robbie. Uh, and then you look at the playing ranks. Probably, probably I think, Berkey, is they really need to look at the centre pairing. They've got to find mm. the right centre combination. And Pat McCabe did a solid job. Um, so did Anthony Fanger defensively. But you've got to pick an attacking style of players. Is football as migraine? Uh, is he the answer, <laughs> Beric Barnes? I mean, he came. He played very, very well against the, the Welsh. Uh, is he somebody in the future, or they, should they look younger? So the, what, what, I, what I liked about uh, Barnes coming on the, the, the game the other day is he, he, he got there from the start, so he had a, he had an influence yep. from the uh, from the kickoff. Uh, in the last couple of games, he's coming on. He's been uh, he's been coming onto the field, you know, later in the game. It's hard to have an impact there. 
in, in a way, maybe you could just start with a Barnes to start with. Who's well, Barnes will start now because Quade Cooper's potentially out for six or eight months. But, so. a, little bit, but a little bit conservative side, for, for example. Say, say they had both Cooper and Barnes still there. Could you put Barnes in there to start with and bring Cooper on at the end when it's a little bit more open and mm. then there's a better fatigue on the opposition side and his skills and can get him through? So... Well, the call now will be, what do you do with James O'Connor? Because Berwick Barnes, um, wonderful player, but uh, is he the answer going forward? I don't know. He's certainly a solid player and gives that team some platform with Quade Cooper playing alongside him. But with Quade Cooper potentially out for the six or eight months, if there's test matches obviously in December against the Welsh and then three test matches against the Welsh in early June next year, that's when Robbie Deans has to go, okay, here's my centre pairing. I, I, mean, I think Rob Horn, I really like Rob Horn. Mm. Um, Adam Ashley Cooper in the centres. I really think that's a really good centre combination. Or do you bring someone a bit closer, James O'Connor at 12, and well, start he, to pair him up with an Adam Ashley Cooper? Well, he wants to play 12 down in uh, Melbourne next year. Yep. So you, you got, I, don't think in, I don't think you can just pick a team and fit blokes in. You've got mm. to, you got to, in a way, play positions. So. Yeah, and also on the forwards, though, Berkey. Like, um, Scotty Higginbotham was, was very good, I thought, uh, against the Welsh on Friday night, mm. um, as was Ben McCormick. So I think Rocky Elsom's... Um, you know, number six jersey's certainly up for grabs now for the Wallabies. It'll be really interesting to see what Robbie Dean does, Tony, um, for the, the couple of test matches that the Wallabies are going away for um, in December. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see about Robbie Dean's after that two-year period, given that one of his biggest supporters, John O'Neill, uh, is leaving in t- at the end of 2013 as well. Yeah, listening to The Ruck, we are going to wrap it up very shortly. We're going to discover who will win the final. You may all be thinking the All Blacks against France, but is there a little twist? Can the French do it? Find out on The Ruck. The Sunday Rugby Show. I asked you last week and neither of you actually answered me. Did you manage to <laughs> sleep the night before a big game? You played World Cup finals. Did you manage to sleep? Is it the, the, you know something that did worry you or you're not nervous kind of guys? Uh, I, I, was, I was okay. Uh, I wasn't too bad. Um, I, there was one occasion when I struggled. We were in, we were in Qu- Queensland at one stage there and Chris Handy had a pub called the Jubilee. Uh-huh. And I couldn't for the life of me, I couldn't remember what it was. For some for some reason, it was just going through my head what it was. What I mean, too many visits the there. Is that why you couldn't remember? Too many, too many visits. It was blurred. Yeah. And then so I had to ring concierge downstairs and said, "What's the, what's the name of his pub?" And literally after that, I went to sleep. So I was like, "Okay, there you go, fantastic." <laughs> what, you mean did you the, want to go there after the, the game or that, what, the before the game? Yeah, the things that occupy your head before a test match. I, I'm actually <laughs> I, I slept reasonably well before test matches, but um, the night after I didn't. Um, but in the, in the World Cup final on the eve of the World Cup final in 1999 in Cardiff mm. uh, I was rooming with Joe Roth and uh, he did not sleep an inch I don't think at all the night before the game um, or the night after the game so he didn't <laughs> sleep for about 65 hours Joe Roth but he, uh, uh, yeah, I mean players deal with it differently it's going to be difficult um, today for the, the All Blacks and the French because the game's at 9pm yep. in Auckland so it's a very long wait and you know to actually try and get through the day and not not lie around the hotel room and actually get out. And the, the All Blacks have been very good, Tony, over here. But they've been the fans outside their hotel. There's there's about four or five hundred fans staying outside their hotel, waiting for a glimpse of them coming outside. And and the All Blacks have taken in turns to actually come down twos and threes and go out and have their photo taken and be part really? of it, which I think is fantastic. Imagine the French. The French at lunch today will be tucking into a, like a bottle of red and a, a, a nice little <laughs> steak on the way through. Just go back yeah. to old school. Yeah. Maybe that might that might, that might be the factor of the uh, of the change tonight. If you get a yeah, pool. well, it's at Eden Park, and the French, of course, having lost two pool games, having got through the semi final after you know the Welsh captain was sent off. 
uh, seemingly in disarray throughout much of this campaign at loggerheads with their, their super coach um, who has the world's best porn star moustache. It's been an amazing campaign for them, yet here they are, and given their history against the All Blacks, they would be certainly giving themselves some chance. All right, men, I want you just to give a little bit of analysis, and please don't spare me. Give me the French names in full French accent. That would be terrific. Uh, obviously, the uh, the ca- the captain. That sort of thing is what I'm looking for. Where are we going, Timmy? Oh well, it's uh, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, it's funny. Um, what's the other uh, winger, Berkey, that you you were pronouncing before the show? Oh, Vincent Clair. Vincent Clair. <laughs> yeah. But what do we in Australia? We, we pronounce him Vincent Clerk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vincent, Vincent Clair. Vincent Clair. <laughs> Vincent Clerk. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's always good. Yeah. All right. Who do you like? Oh, I think the All Blacks will um, win pretty easily in the end. It'll be difficult early on because the occasion. If the All Blacks play the way they played in the first 40 minutes against Argentina in their quarterfinal, mm. they may struggle against the French, but mm. they'll be so determined um, to actually get ahead at half-time, because if they get ahead at half-time and the French are out of it, they'll put up the white flag, flag the French, because they're, they're a side that are pretty predictable. They've That's, lost two sound pool French games. To me. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they are pretty predictable now, the French team. They lost two pool games. I, I mean, they lost against Tonga, yeah. um, and the All Blacks beat them pretty easily in the pool. It's amazing that um, both these two teams were in the same pool and the last World Cup 2007 two teams from the same pool got through South England Africa, and South Africa yeah. so uh, it'll be a wonderful game uh, for mine uh, the All Blacks will be just way too strong probably 20-25 points towards the end Berkey I reckon uh, I mean I think we all dream that the French could do something yeah. but I, I don't think I don't think they will in the end they'll have a bit of they'll be competitive up front I think the forward packs are, are reasonable the back row uh, uh, Dusatois, Haranordiki, and Bonaire are, are, yep. are pretty solid, but I think they'll get overpowered, as, as Sean Fitzpatrick said before, by Jerome Kiner, who was just muscling. Yeah, it depends how the halfback Yashvili and also Morgan Parra, how they play those halves combination plays in the first 15 minutes. If they, you're right, and if they can get going, superb. Uh, high balls we saw uh, last week, uh, Maynard at, at fullback just. It's about courage under the high balls, yep. and sometimes um, he he goes in the series of French fullbacks and, and lacks a bit sometimes. But Tony, it's been a wonderful culmination of rugby for us this year on the ruck. Yeah, just uh, before we get to that, can, uh, can we expect any le biff tonight? Will will it get a little bit willing? Do you think? It was funny. I was talking to um, Ibal or Ibanez, Ibal Ibanez, uh, the hooker, yeah. uh, the French hooker who captained in two thousand seven. Wonderful, Raphael, Raphael Ibanez, uh, a wonderful French Raphael. hooker. And I was talking to him after the French lost to Tonga. And he, I said, uh, what, what would you have done if you were captain of that French team and you had to score two tries with, in the last five minutes and you were having so many scrums, what would you have done? What would you have said to the team? He said, um, Tim, for me, a matter of pride. He said, with five minutes to go, we biff. That's all we do. <laughs> he said, we don't worry about the score, no score, no problem. We biff. We matter of pride. I didn't realise he was Pakistani, though. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> A show about rugby put together by rugby players. Why not? Tim Moran, Matt Burke, Tony Squires. The Ruck, the Sunday Rugby Show. And as ever, Tim Horan did predict it. He did say it has been a great year for us here at The Ruck. It's been terrific to share some uh, time with you over this year. Uh, and, boys, in terms of we've looked at the World Cup, I, I would like just you, for you to cast your minds, the net slightly wider, but give me a, a tournament, uh, I don't know, the best player of the tournament, maybe of this year that we've enjoyed in rugby. 
Well, I think for mine, Berkey would... Um, I mean, a, an all-black player should be a player of the tournament. No one's really stood out. I mean, Ma'a Nonu, for mine, has been superb. Israel Dag as well. Um, Jerome Kano. Uh, Piri Wipu's been pretty good as well. They'll go close. Those four players will go close for the player of the tournament. Um, then there's the IRB, the National Rugby Board Player of the Year, a Test Player of the Year, which mm. David Pocock and Will Genia have been one of the six nominations as well. So... Oh, for mine, for player of the year for the Wallabies, I would have to say, I mean, David Pocock's been superb. Yep, I, know, been. I, mean, I know Curly Bill got John Hill's medal. Yeah. Um, a player of the tournament for mine, I'm going to go for Ma'a um, Nonu or Israel Dag. Okay. I, I like the way Jerome Kano's been, been playing. Mm. I mean, it's sometimes, you, sometimes you see the backs because of what they do and uh, because they're out in the open and scoring the tries. And we saw that great try that Israel Dag, or Israel Dag passed to Ma'a yep. Nonu last week to score the try. But, you know, you've got to do the tough yards to be able to do that. And Jerome Connor has been outstanding. Yep. So, And the Aussie guys, yes, you've got to back it up with, I think, David Pocock. But for mine, Tone, I, the, probably the, the, the thing that's intrigued me most this year mm-hmm. is whether or not you got that mouse or not out of your house. Did you, do you end up getting that mouse out of the house? <laughs> well, look, it, 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 it's we a sad, the, sad story to tell you that, that there was a mouse in my house and I tried all manner of things to get rid of it. I, I, have, uh, I have come up with a solution. I have moved house. Uh, <laughs> I have sold one house and I have moved into another house. Did you put a disclaimer when you sold your house about the people who were buying it, saying that it's uh, infested with mice? Very attractive mouse. Come on. It was, uh, it was a selling point in, in, in this difficult or market, Timmy. Or, or, or was it the neighbour with the road rage? Yeah, well. exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's been... went out and got the wave to it. Oh, <laughs> there's been plenty well, to talk not about. Nice working with you, mate. It's been great, uh, the ruck this year. We look forward to um, next year. And Berkey and I will be wandering down the... Uh, the hill here at the viaduct and having a quiet beer and getting ready to um, do a bit of research for um, tonight's game. The lives you two lead. Thanks so much. (laughs) It's been great to talk to you boys. It's been great to talk to you out there about rugby. We'll be doing it all again next year. We certainly hope so anyway. Enjoy, Enjoy the final tonight and get out and watch your team. See ya.